And we're now joined by Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Uh, great writing lately. I loved your two pieces that I saw, Jack Campbell, Philip Broberg uh, in Bakersfield. Uh, two players kind of on opposite ends of their career. Let's start with Jack Campbell. You know, he's playing well, but as you said in your piece, I don't, I don't know if the opportunity is coming, and I don't know if it's coming in Edmonton. Uh, what's that? My attention span wavers too. I, uh, what, what are we talking about here? See, it's a trend. Uh, yeah, Jack Campbell. Everyone, I think, kind of knows his, his lot in life here with the Oilers, right? I mean, um, since he was sent down at the beginning of November or a week into November, um, he's kind of been stuck in no man's land, really. Um, his first three games were pretty bad in Bakersfield. And, you know, in speaking with Ken Holland, he said, you know, that's the one thing I regret is, is throwing him into the fire right away after a pretty life-altering, uh, you know, move that um, that he he put Campbell through, whether it's warranted or not, putting him on waivers and knowing that he would clear and putting him, you know, in the American Hockey League where he spent a lot of time in his pro career. So, um since then, he's played after those three games. Got a couple of blips here and there, but but generally speaking, has played very well. But there's nowhere for him to go. I mean, you look at what's happened here in the, with the Oilers. Obviously, they've had tremendous success, and that's a, a small part, but a part of that reason for the success is the play of, of Calvin Pickard in a backup role. Um, and he makes a you know a considerable amount less than Jack Campbell. I know uh, obviously the Oilers get some cap relief for having. Um, Campbell in the minors, but if they were to flip those two goaltenders, uh, they'd be adding almost 400 grand to their cap for one thing, and for another thing, the way Calvin Pickard's playing at that that uh, you know small salary, it's actually less than than league minimum. There's a good chance he'd be claimed on on waivers, and that would uh, you know hurt their their depth at the goaltending position. So, really, Campbell is waiting for an injury um, uh, to even have a chance of being called up, regardless of how well he's played. And, and that's um, a really tough spot for somebody of, of you know with his stature uh, and with his certainly with his uh, contract to, to be in. So uh, he's obviously put on a pretty brave face down there, and, and you know after that that uh, tough spot at first uh, played very well, but um, certainly not you know a spot where he wants to be. In, and obviously, ideally for the organization. Uh, for him to be there with with that contract, it it doesn't look good on the GM. So, making the best of a lousy situation, but again, not a good one for anyone involved. It's true, and I, you know, I have a. Um for me, you can see that this is a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. He's been, he was ridiculously honest here. Uh, from all accounts, he's been a great teammate in Bakersfield. But I, I also think that if he came back and <clears throat> they trusted him and he lost a pivotal game, for instance, that, that management and coaching would be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, um, his time in Edmonton just has not been good, right? Like, yeah, he had a, a few good relief appearances for Stuart Skinner. Um, he had a you know second game of the year was was very good in Nashville, uh, but he signs that big deal, comes over, and he essentially loses a spot. You know, a handful of weeks into the season by American Thanksgiving uh, of last season, and you know that that net belonged to to Stuart Skinner. And yeah, he won the starting job out of um, out of training camp this year at a very good training camp, but. Um, you know, and certainly Stuart Skinner didn't play well early on too, but they weren't going to risk putting Stuart Skinner on waivers. It was going to be Jack Campbell, who Ken Holland knew was not going to clear. But his time in, in Edmonton, there's there's no mincing words. It's been disastrous. And, um, you, you know, 
we're, we don't know what exactly the future is going to look like here. Um, Campbell like was pretty clear he wants to play in the NHL. He he still thinks very you know he has a lot of self belief, a lot of self confidence. He thinks he could be a key part of a Stanley Cup winning team. I don't know if that's happening here in Edmonton this year or any time. Um, a big decision has to be made um, for him or with him in the off season with his contract. Um, we've talked a lot about you know the the Flyers uh, getting Cal Peterson, the Kings having to pay a lot to 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 get out from under that contract. Campbell would be I think much worse. Um, and the buyout obviously goes to 2030. So there's a, there's a lot, uh, there's a big decision to be made and, and one that obviously can wait till the off season. But uh, for now, I think he, he's steadfast or he's locked into the being that third option and, and, you know, could get time in the playoffs if, you know, there's an injury or something like that, but but clearly the net is Stuart Skinner's and, and Calvin Pickard's right behind him. So, and, and then your, your uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440, your Broberg article was was excellent as well, but there was also some nice piece of news in there if you're an Oilers fan who believes in Broberg. Sounds like Ken Holland is not interested in make, making a move of his big Swedish defenseman. Yeah, I mean, Ken Holland, I mean, that's his first draft pick as Oilers general manager a few years ago, back in, in 2019. He's been on the job for, for very little time and, and was pretty clear he wanted to take that player. He's been steadfast in his belief in this player, and so that comes as no surprise that he doesn't have um, interest in moving him. Now, will he move him? I, I, um, I'm not... Um, I think it's a possibility. Also, you know, let me phrase it like that. I mean, he's clearly, aside from maybe their first round pick this year, that like the best asset that they have in a trade. Yeah, he hasn't shown a lot in the NHL uh, at the NHL level. He hasn't played a lot, but he's 22 and has a lot of promise. And um, uh, you know, has a cheap contract. Uh, obviously, last year of his entry level, and again, hasn't performed enough at this level. Um, to warrant any kind of big extension or anything like that. So, you know, whoever acquires him would be getting him um, not only cheap for the rest of this year for the last, you know, 20-odd games, or, um, but uh, with the potential to get him locked into a one- or two-year contract at a pretty at a pretty reasonable level, too. So there should be a lot of value in this player. Um, yeah, I, I, he wants to, like, he put on a brave face, too, and, and said all the right things when I spoke to him in Bakersfield. But there's no question, he wants to play in the NHL as well. I mean, go back to the start of December when, um, you know, uh, he was seeking a trade. And uh, the Oilers then, a couple days later, sent him down uh, to the minor leagues to finally get him some pre- playing time because he'd been up for eight games and only played in six of them and, and as a seventh defenseman in both of those games. So um, there's a lot kind of to think about with this player in terms of, you know, he's five years into his pro career, uh, post-draft, I mean, two in Sweden and three in North America. Uh, you, you know, I'm sure everyone want, would have liked for him to be further along at this point. But opportunity has been pretty sparse for this player, too. And any time that there's been a little bit of traction or a little bit of, um, you know, cause for optimism, uh, whether when it comes to Broberg, uh, the, you know, the most recent example, uh, the potential for him to be paired with Matthias Ekholm coming out of training camp, something happens. And in that case, it was Ekholm getting hurt and, and them really changing their plans after getting crushed in Vancouver and the in the um in the season opener so um it's really hard for the organization to judge this player i colin chalk said it best i, I he said you know I, I think they sent him down because they don't really know what they had in this player and he's really showing a lot of nice signs there in bakersfield but um you know five years into his career i think everyone would like for him to be further along and i think broberg uh, is in that boat too because he, he would like to get to the nhl level as quickly as possible here uh, daniel uh, the a lot of of uh, online chatter about the lack of offense over the last ten games or so from the third and the fourth line. 
actually McLeod and Holloway have scored pretty well. Gagne too when he's in the lineup. But but the the top line of McDavid, Hyman, and Nuge over the last ten games been a little bit of a power outage there, and and certainly in the last game. Uh, Connor McDavid bobbling pucks and and just you know not not in character with what we expect of him. I don't I don't believe have any reason to believe that there's an issue at all. He's not forty. I don't think he's hurt. But this is just one of those periods of time where sometimes you know in a long season or a, a you know mid career things can go awry for a ten game period. Seems to me that the Oilers need McDavid uh, at five on five to pot some more goals and and we're likely to see that. Fair. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly going through a little bit of a dry spell as he did, uh, and certainly not to the same degree as he did um, earlier in the year. Um, the teams are winning, aside from two of the last three, because they've they've had contributions from other spots of the lineup. And, of course, the defense is much better. Uh, the defensive play, the goaltending, all the rest of that is much better than it was earlier in the year. So um, I think when you look at McDavid, um, it's pretty unlikely that he's going to get that, that – uh, that latest Art Ross Trophy this year, he's, he's a well, you know, ways back in the scoring race. Obviously, he's you know the Oilers' leading scorer and and within shouting distance. But um, he's had more dry spells this year than than in other years. Um, certainly, uh, two of the last three with you know last year with the point production he put up, and then you know going back to the Canada only COVID year in 56 games when he had 105 points. But um, yeah, I, I think um, you know he's he's now 27. He's approaching the I, I don't want to date him here or make him seem old but he is he's you know approaching 30 and getting to the the second closing in on the second half of his career and that's when typically you know the the production levels start to go down and and I don't think we're quite at that stretch yet because he's still you know a very very elite offensive player um but you know it, it, he's not going to be that that guy quote unquote forever so um, they need other guys around him to, to pick up the slack when he does go through these um, tougher spells. And, you know, they're trying to kind of find the right combination for, for Leon Dreisaitl on the second line. I have, I have no issues with that top line with, with Nugent Hopkins and, and Hyman alongside McDavid. They've, they've shown well enough, like, uh, you know, to, to, for, pre, for anyone to have the confidence in them. Now, you know, will there be tweaks along the, uh, along the rest of the way? Of, uh, of course there will be, I, I, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl tend to play together. You know, you could see Nugent Hopkins at center. Uh, you know, there's lots of different possibilities as we've seen with this team over and over. But I think you want to see more production down the lineup. And, uh, you know, the fourth line to me, you know, with, with Connor Brown and with TSC and Mark on it is a bit of a of a, um, a black hole offensively. Um, I think as the trade deadline comes around and they are likely, I would say, to get a, another winger in a top six, top nine area, and that would maybe drop somebody like Corey Perry down to the bottom. Um, uh, you know, maybe Gagne finally finds a way to get into a few more games, um, and that can pr- kind of, uh, you know, result in a bit more of an offensive uptick uh, lower down the lineup, but you know when it comes to McDavid, I, I don't see any issues with with him. I mean, it's the production is not quite as uh, you know as as high as it was last year, um, but he's still in my mind the, the best player in the league. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know, he had an eighteen point two shooting percentage a year ago, easily his best in his career. It's thirteen point four, which is is you know still below his his career average of fifteen point four. Uh, and he's shooting a little bit less, but mm-hmm. I, he's still such a productive player. I, I I just really hesitate to be highly critical. I think your point is 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 very well taken. Where we know that he's going to have a long career and very successful, but he is at a certain age where the models suggest that that you know 
you know, and I don't want to cast aspersions or in any way because he'll probably fill the net tonight. But he's 27, uh, and that you know you're sort of leaving the window of peak when you're that age, and maybe he's doing right. that, right? Yeah, and I mean, I would say you mentioned the shooting stats, the percentages, all the rest of that, the fact that he's shooting less, and, and that's pretty noticeable. He's been passing up. Uh, more shots uh, than he did last year, where he made like a really conscious effort to use his shot more, to shoot more from distance, um, to be more assertive around the net. Um, and, and I mean, some of that is, has resulted in you know a career goal scoring season from, or soon to be career goal scoring season from Zach Hyman. Right? Yeah. Um, he's making other players around him better. So even when his offensive stats aren't as great, his goal scoring stats aren't as great. Um, other players are so I mean that that speaks to the kind of player he is but yeah I mean you know 153 I believe points last year um I think he's still going to be in that ballpark for a couple more years but you know he's look at somebody like Sidney Crosby who who obviously never got to that uh point in, in a little bit different era um you know the numbers start to go down at some point and, and they will eventually for McDavid but that doesn't mean he can't be uh considered and can't be uh you know called a very great player uh which he certainly is uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440. Final one for you. Uh, there have been, like from Pre- Elliot and others, some credible reports of the Oilers at least, you know, interested should Jake Ensel ever, you know, become available for trade. There's two things about that. I, like, I don't know how you'd get that player on the roster in terms of cap. Obviously, Pittsburgh would have to swallow half of the cap and you'd have to spend, a, you know, send a Fogel or, or you know, CC or Kulak over. But from an asset point of view, I don't see... I don't see Ken Holland trading the first or other players for a rental purely. Do you? Mm, maybe somebody like Gensel, yeah. But I, I, it's never been his MO. It's never been something that he's wanted to do. But I go back to talking to Jeff Jackson a couple of weeks ago and he said everything is uh, is on the table in that regard, and it should be. Like, they shouldn't be giving up a first-round pick. Um, you know, to, you know, I, I look at some other first, you know, those types of deals and, and um in the cap era, like Paul Gostad or giving up a first for Nick Foligno, or they shouldn't be giving up a first for that type of player. Mm-hmm. But if it's a, if it's a first for potential game breaker or, or I don't know if I call Gensel quite the game breaker on an Oilers team with, with dry and McDavid, et cetera. But I mean, you'd be an exceptional con- uh, complimentary piece. Um, yeah, I, I would certainly consider it for sure. I mean, this is their time to win. They've got a great team. They, they can win. You know, playoffs are a bit of a crapshoot with with injuries and and goaltending and puck luck and stuff like that. But you got to put yourself in the best position to win, and and now's the time to do that. Um, Gensel would be a very nice piece, of, and, and and I think they they can do it the ways you've kind of uh, illustrated. And they've been fortunate to, other than that little stretch there, uh, six weeks to maybe closing on two months where they had um, uh, Dylan Holloway on LTIR. They really haven't had much in the way of injuries this year. So they've been accruing money. They do have a little bit of cap space. Uh, and now obviously carrying a, a more leaner, uh, you know, 21 man roster, they are accruing a bit of space now too. So they'll have a little bit of space. They do have a, a couple that you mentioned those three names um, in terms of tradable contracts to open, open a little bit more money. Um, you know, they, I don't know Gensel's cap it uh, right off top of head, but if uh, they can get get him down, get Pittsburgh down to half, and um, you know have a little, bit, you know, be able to crew a bit more room, you know, maybe they don't, have, maybe they can get rid of somebody a little bit uh, less expensive too, uh, um, whether it's Gensel or, or somebody else making a bit less. But there's potential to really add to this team in a meaningful way 
if the Oilers want to do that. And yeah, there's the, they don't have a lot of, of future assets. You know, there's that first you mentioned. Again, that's why I go back to Broberg, um, because the farm is pretty barren. I mean, Raphael Lavoie is further along in his career age-wise than, than uh, Broberg. So I should say they're, they're the same age. It seems like Lavoie has been around longer, but he hasn't, he's, he's, he has not played nearly as much in the NHL as, as Broberg. And then you look you, after that, you're going down to guys like Xavier uh, Borgo, who's starting to play a bit better at Bakersfield. But certainly, um, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on him. And I, I would imagine a lot of teams feel the same way. A very young player hasn't played in the NHL yet. So um, they don't have a lot there. But if you're going to use future assets like a first, like Broberg, like some of those guys I mentioned, um, you, got, you have to make sure you're getting a, a legitimate um, player that can make a difference on this team, and I, and I think if they can get that guy, I I, I believe they'll strong con- consider moving some of those future assets. Thanks for this, Daniel. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. All right, Daniel Nugent-Bowman from the Athletic.